0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano.
1: Eric's trying to show me something technical here in the WTMJ studios this morning. So you think I can play something from Right from my browser. Technically, yes, you should be able to. Well, we should be able to do some things. See, that's my point. (laughs) (laughs) I could just send it to, I could send the link to Pancake, and and then he could play it. Yeah. Okay, bear with me for a moment. I'm doing that. Wisconsin's Morning News here on a Wednesday morning. The reason is I just thought of a way to talk about the topic that you wanted to talk about. And Pancake got me going on it, and you started me down the path. Oh, Okay. And we've been talking all morning about how do we address the continuing credibility crisis for Fox News? For a lot of you who rely on Fox News, who that's who you watch for your cable news, I'm interested in hearing from you on where you're at with okay, the admissions from Rupert Murdoch that there were hosts who knowingly peddled crap during the January 6th, during the post-election of. 2020, all of that stuff. Now, Tucker Carlson is back. He's got some explosive video from the January 6th event at the Capitol. He's using it to suggest that it wasn't what we have been led to believe by all the other media. Other people, including Republicans, are piling on saying, you're not telling the right story. You cherry picked a couple of shots. And so it's it's, it's snowballing. And I'm just curious where folks who are devotees of Fox News... Uh, where they're at in terms of are you still relying on this as a news source and sort of what would it take for you to say, like, I can't believe anything here?
2: The uh, texts today, too, that are starting to come out, there are texts from Tucker Carlson where he says, I this was January 4th, where he says, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, can't wait to never have to talk about this guy ever again.
1: <laughs> meaning President Trump. R-
2: meaning, yeah.
1: Didn't he say he he hated
2: him or he passionately can't wait to so that? Yeah. It, whether he said hated or not, he
1: obviously was inferring that in these texts. And yet then he's going on every night promoting him, speaking in positive terms about him. And one of the reasons that it, it's clear to me that they did that was they were alienating their base. The, the people who came on, who relied on Fox News for one reason or another, maybe it's because they liked what they were hearing. Maybe it's because they they wanted to believe what they were being told. But they were there and they were they were mad. They didn't want to hear it. So if you can't if you can't hear it from a source you already trust, like who can you hear it from? I don't think you can.
2: I I think that's where we are right now in society.
1: Pancake, do you want to are you able to play that clip or do you want do you want to turn it into something or how can I play this clip? Because it, it goes to what we're talking about, about credibility of reporters. Yeah, play the whole thing.
0: The clowns juggled, rode unicycles, and handed out balloons. Many of them condemned the recent rash of creepy clown sightings that we've been hearing about around the country.
1: Those all appear to be very nice clowns. Very nice. Right? Would you comment on each other's outfits. I, say, hey, I, like what you're doing. I mean, it's a I fraternity. Yeah. It oh, it is. So yeah, this is you, from back in the day when, when the, I'm on uh, TMJ4 uh, News. It's Susan Kim, me, Brian Goddard, Goddard talking here. Yes. You know, you back, back in the day, we used to have the circus parade every year. And, you know, somebody from the station would always ride oh, the right, train, right. you know, as it would make its way in. And it was literally loaded with clowns. And there, it's a huge fraternity. Mm-hmm. So you're in there every year.
0: Yeah, wait,
1: no. Clowns plus one. Not a professional clown.
0: I did not ride the circus parade You never rode the train? No, I was at the parade. I got those confused. Some
1: kind of experience. (laughs) (laughs) Aged. She's picking on (laughs) herself. I like that. Brian Williams moment. When I rode the circus train. Wow. I rode the circus train every year. I I the circus train. I was the train. engineer of the circus train. You, <laughs> you, you were off guard with that question, uh, Brian. I love it. Uh, temperature's <laughs> okay, so we're having a good laugh about it there. But you heard me mention Brian Williams. So this was Susan Kim and I were coming out of a clown story, and somehow I brought up the circus train, and I had once ridden the circus mm-hmm, train. Mm-hmm. And Susan said, Yes, I too have ridden the circus train, because back in the day, reporters used to do that. Yeah. And then she. I could tell, like, as Brian and I are kind of off on our little tangent there, like, she's—the wheels are turning in her head. And then she comes out, and you heard her very—actually, I did like she (laughs) wanted—she so needed to set the record straight from a credibility standpoint, I actually did not ride the circus train. (laughs) I misremembered that. And honestly, the older we all get, you wonder. It happens, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you misremember stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not that far in the wake of the Brian Williams thing, where he— for a number of years have been telling this story about I think when he was in Iraq covering the war and mm-hmm. he said the helicopter that he was in had been shot down and it was not true so it was, it was something that maybe he mentioned once or twice on the air and then also mentioned when he was out Public speaking, but he said, "Yeah, we're we're there. We're covering this news story. The helicopter I was in the day we got shot down." And he later tried to cover it by saying, "I, I just didn't you know fog of war, and I didn't remember it properly." And other folks said, "Like, nah, I think you probably know if the helicopter <laughs> yeah, you were in shot got shot down, down, right?" But he told one story that wasn't true. Most usually, not in the context of a newscast. It certainly didn't change the information that he was providing about the war. Right? It was more sort of self-aggrandizing, and he lost his job on NBC. He was the nightly news anchor yeah, yeah. and was going to be there in that job for how, how long?
2: There's a difference between him though, and what you see on some of the cable shows. I mean, the cable shows those are that's, that's entertainment, that's performance art. That's different than what char, uh, what Brian Williams was trying to be as the main news source for NBC, when you say?
1: Okay, that's fair. Um, and folks, ask me now my new role that I've moved over here from TV. When I was on the anchor desk for TMJ4 News, my job was present the news. This guy said this. This lady said that. Right. You decide. Right. Story. You don't hear about my politics. I don't really give, outside of you know some funny things here and there, I don't give my opinion. I don't give a lean to this side or a lean to that side. I don't play referee. I took that seriously. I hope folks agree that I was able to do that over my... 20-some years at TMJ4 and in Green Bay before that. New role here. And folks are not used to hearing necessarily my opinion. And some said like, well, you should just be getting, well, no, now I'm in a different spot. So, right, I'm more of, and you are even to a degree here, able to say and expand on things and say, ah, I call BS on this or whatever. But, again, that's Still want to be fair.
2: That's different, though. Again, that's different than blatantly just going yes. out and making something up. So if but you, if you were to make something up and all of a sudden ratings explode and the money starts coming in,
1: what happens the next day? I don't know, man. Like, I just, I just don't know. Like, all we have, all we have is our credibility. Yeah. So, you know, you and I can come in here and tell jokes and we're pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but if we want to do a news and information show, funny even around the news and whatever, you have to at least trust that. And I'm not saying we'd never get it wrong. People are human. I've seen mistakes in journalism. So, you know, if we get it wrong, I hope I correct the record and say we were wrong about this or this information was not correct. But if I came on here on a daily basis and you knew I knowingly lied to you and made stuff up, I don't think I'd last real long in this chair. Why would you listen to me? Or if I sent you even even the endorsements that we do, you know, we have opportunities to share stories about businesses that we believe in, products that that we like or services that we received I would, I would never take one of those offers if I didn't stand behind what I was saying. I don't want to send you somewhere that I don't believe in or have you buy a product that you're not going to be happy with. Same thing. Like, if if you blow your credibility, like, what am I doing here then? But, yeah, I, I and again, I don't disagree
2: with that. I just, it's a different, and I'm not defending anything that anyone says on cable TV, but it's a different animal. I mean, it's. You can argue that Colbert and Tucker Carlson and Fallon are all the same. SNL. It's there it's all entertainment. Some of it may be disguised more as news because they might have a newsmaker on once or twice. But it's not, it's it's entertainment. It's four eyes. And again, I'm not defending, yeah, no, yeah, no, I, you know, suggesting things that obviously weren't true that they even knew themselves wasn't true. But I think that's all it was. It's a way to make money. It's a way to get more viewers. That's what it's looked at. It's not looked at as anything else in
1: my opinion. Even in my comics, and you mentioned the late night hosts, and I put them in a different spot than a cable news host. But I think you have, to your point, yes, there's a separation between a cable news host and a nightly news anchor. But there's also a separation between that cable news host, I think, and a late night comedian. I don't know. (laughs) Either way entertainers, all of them. Fallon, any of these guys, like, I wouldn't want them to just lie to me. I think some of them are clearly, they hammer from one, one direction sure. only, and oh, you yeah. can say all they do is rip Republicans and it's just not funny, or sometimes it's mean, or sometimes whatever, but to knowingly lie to make stuff up is a whole different story. I'm interested in hearing from folks who perhaps have relied on Fox News before and where you're at in terms of the credibility of that, them as a news organization and those hosts in particular, and what would it take... What admission, what piece of evidence would you need to just say, like, all right, I'm out, I'm not listening to this anymore? 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. 855-616-1620. Back to talk with you next on Wisconsin's Morning News. 823 on Wisconsin's Morning News. We're talking about the credibility crisis that Fox News is undergoing. And not that that's a new conversation, because I know so many of you listen to this radio station have been complaining about the mainstream media for for a long time. And some of your complaints are... uh, Definitely understood here. Uh, let me this, get to this one right out of the gate on the old National Bank talking text line, which is 855-616-1620. What's unfortunate is that the mainstream media, maybe they don't lie, but they don't tell the truth all the time and they get caught on lies by omission by not telling something. That's uh, from Carolyn this morning. And I think the mainstream media has clearly taken a hit. Ratings are down across the board. Mm -hmm. Every one of these interviews or every one of these surveys that you show people's faith in the mainstream media is at an all-time low. So I agree with what Carolyn said. And, I mean, if you need to point to another big lie, it was Russia collusion. Two years of that. It turned out there was nothing there. Sure, there were some connections. There were some things he didn't like. There were some unsavory pieces of behavior by the former president within that realm. But... Special prosecutor said no. There's there was no collusion, and again, the, the didn't point, happen. The point I was trying to make
2: is, and I'm by the way, I'm not defending anything that's ever said on cable TV or on cable networks like this one. Um, but my point is that it's done for purely entertainment purposes. They may shadow it as news, but it's not. I and I, I compared it to Colbert and to Fallon. In the text here from the two six two, there's a difference between late night TV and cable news. Cable news is not entertainment. It depends on what you're talking If you're talking about, God forbid, something terrible happens in the world and we're all watching that earthquake footage on one of the networks, yeah, that's, that's news. But when it's a half-hour show or when an hour-long program with a host talking, that's not news. They may, have, they may have newsmakers on, but that is not news. That is entertainment. Trust me on this. It is entertainment. There is a big difference. They are doing it for ratings. They've proven it. They've
1: proven they're doing it for ratings by what we've read in the de- depositions. And and that being, and every we, know, network does we it. know better, we know this isn't true, but it's not what our audience wants to hear, so we're going to lie.
2: It's Well, uh, well, and there's two things there. <laughs> or like, put again, liars on. Now, that that happened across the board, so whether or not that's entertainment, that's a whole different argument. <laughs> but I'm talking about these programs that are on at night. That's entertain. It's done for your entertainment. Now, it has a facade of news. And it obviously clearly is affecting our behavior and our ideology in a lot of different ways for a lot of Americans. It's not necessarily good entertainment, but that's what, it is. That's what it's meant for. It's meant
1: for ratings. It's meant to drive money and revenue. It's, how is that any different than any type of performance? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Take some calls here. Let's talk to uh, Mike in Milwaukee. Morning, Mike. Thanks for calling.
3: Morning. Um... As I told your screener, it's become a way of life that they think it's okay to lie. You've got Tucker Carlson continuing to lie last night, again, and the night before. You have Trump telling 30,000 lies when he was president. You have George Santos lying his way into the House of Representatives, and nobody will do anything about it. And I have a personal story of Ron Johnson lying to my face. I attended a meeting he had a couple years ago, and that was right after he had had COVID, and he knew he was positive, and he went to one and he talked to a group of Republicans. And I asked him why he would do that. He said, I didn't do it. I said, Ron, I watched you on Channel 4 News last night. Do it. And then he didn't know what to say to me because he was lying. It's just become a way of life. They can't tell the truth. And their lies perpetuate more lies, and they want to build upon it. This latest slide by Tucker, what did Trump do last night? Oh, he goes on True Social and says, release all those insurrectionists, because they were put there, and they didn't do anything wrong. We have the video.
1: Yeah, Mike, I'm going to move on. uh, Thanks for the uh, call. And on that point, Eric, you you and I were talking about the new video, and someone texted in saying, well, did you look at it? Did you see this? There were... Uh, Capitol Police officers waving people through, including Horns Guy. Yeah. Who's like the most (laughs) recognizable figure of the day. I think the context that wasn't provided, and you have Capitol Police, and it's why you have other Republicans saying, ah, you may have seen that, here's why you may see that, and you don't get that other side explanation of what that was about. Their point was... These weren't Capitol Police officers who were excited to be overrun by protesters. They were trying to manage the situation and perhaps even escort in a peaceful way without having to get engage in conf, like combat with folks. Let's see if we can get them into a different yeah. area of the building, maybe even commit a ruse here. There was the one Capitol Police officer who ran up a set of stairs and allowed himself to be chased to try to drag the mob away from ah, that's right. that's other right. safe spots. So. The complaint about the presentation from Carlson was not that it didn't happen and not that he didn't find those moments, but that there wasn't the context provided and it was presented dishonestly. Regardless of where you come down on that, I think your point was you can both believe and I do believe that there were a lot of people in Washington, D.C. that day and even out near the Capitol who had zero intention of going to overthrow the government or engaging in an insurrection or being violent in any way. You can even argue that most of them were there watching what happened. And you can also believe that some people there committed horrible acts, and they're the ones who are locked up, and they ought to be there right now. 829 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 832 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Want to say a few more things about this and get another phone call before we hit the news here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, getting another text on the old National Bank talking text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. We're talking about the pushback against Tucker Carlson on Fox News, who was uh, showing video, not before seen video from the January sixth attack on the Capitol, and made some connections with that. That now even other Republicans are saying that's not really what happened. You weren't accurate, and just going at the the series of stories out that really attack the credibility of Fox News. And I know a lot of you who listen. Have relied on Fox News for a balance you've felt like the mainstream media is way far left they're not telling the stories that are important to you and so I'm asking sincerely now what do you do Has the credibility taken a hit because you know you've been knowingly lied to and not all the time and not with everything and to that point this texture says you know every news source you have to screen for the truth it's funny though you pinpoint errors but have you ever covered something that Fox covered that was accurate probably not because it doesn't make the news To that person's point, I think some of the things that they've been bringing forth on, and you know, Eric, I've been hammering on it for literally for years, the COVID lab leak theory. And I think they're doing interesting work there on Fox. And I turn to them because I haven't heretofore, but for maybe the last several weeks, seen that in other places. And the more we hear about the possibility of a COVID lab leak, uh, that theory... The more it seems like that's at least very much an alive question, if not maybe the likely source. And one of the only places you could hear about that initially in the first times of the pandemic was in Fox. So I I don't cheer for the demise of Fox News as an alternate source. I've gone to them. I've listened to what's presented and not all of it is lies. So I'm, I'm not cheering for the demise of Fox, but I turn it on now and I say, well, what am I listening to? is it a performance artist who's making something up because they know that's what somebody wants to hear or is it legit and that's a problem It's a problem for me who's been a casual viewer I'm sure it's a problem for a lot of folks who've been more than casual viewers Uh, let me get one more phone call in here Uh, John is with us from Ixonia this morning hi John
4: hey guys, uh, nice talking with you guys again you know I love this segment I think the thing that gets most people riled up is they know there's a full story and they just never feel like they're getting the full story. And in fact, the people who give like the segments of the story, you know, that's who people get most fired up by, you know, Tucker Carlson in this case. And, and I mean, and you guys know the avenue, that's the worst, right? That only gives like snippets of the story.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I know, sorry, John, you were, you were cutting the 140,
4: out there. 40, oh, sorry. It's the 144 character resignation letter. <laughs> right. You know, it's Twitter. You know, Twitter, you know, you only get snippets of anything. And, I mean, you really want to get your blood pressure up, go on Twitter in the morning, right? Um, Love. I'd love the talk. I'd love the concept. The last thing I'll say is, um, you know, I told your screener, you know, I read the journal, the Wall Street Journal. I read the New York Times. And I feel like when you have to put things in print, you have to be able to at least have some integrity with how you describe things and how you explain things. And I feel like, you know, talk radio, or not, not just talk radio, but radio is like the next step over, right? I mean, you guys don't have a visual aspect of your program, and so, so the listeners are really dependent on how you guys describe things, which, again, like, makes you guys, I think, have a little more integrity when you guys report on stuff. So kudos to you guys. Great segment. Love the show. I'll call back sometime. You guys take care.
1: John and Exonia out. thanks john uh not everybody agrees with him uh one more text here you clowns lie all the time pick out little parts of stories all the time maybe you should go to the other station your show sucks thanks for that one 836 (laughs) but thanks for listening 20 minutes before 9 o'clock on Wisconsin's Morning News. So a little bit more clarity this morning on what the new Milwaukee Public Museum is going to look like following the first in a series of reveals that will continue to occur over the next several months about the new galleries. And the first is this gallery they're calling tra- Time Travel. They had a big to-do over at the current museum, but for the first time they unveiled some pretty pictures, which people like to see, pictures, and even a little bit of video. They had museum officials, and some of the people who are actually designing the galleries were there to talk about their process And we learned a little bit more about what's actually going to be in this stuff at the Menuh Museum.
4: Time travel is our
2: gallery that takes you back in time through three different time periods in our ancient past, all the way up to almost current times. And we're taking those iconic parts of the museum, especially the iconic specimens, and bringing them forward and reimagining them.
1: That is uh, Dr. Ellen Sensky. She's president and CEO of the Milwaukee Public Museum in one of the videos that they put out yesterday talking about what this first gallery they're unveiling called time travel will look like. And so what you didn't hear her say there is what she and some of the other designers say frequently through the rest of the video. So she talked about, you know, since the birth of the planet and then up to almost right now. But a big part about it is going to be dinosaurs. We did a survey
0: that said, what are your favorite
1: exhibits in this museum as a baseline? And
2: for kids, dinosaurs is always at the top. So that showed us we have to have a dinosaur exhibit. When we looked at the Mesozoic period, we know that people are going to come for the dinosaurs. People love dinosaurs. And people love the current diorama experience that MPM has. So we really wanted to lean into continuing that story a little bit.
1: So, yeah, there could be big old dinosaurs in there. And a couple of the things that they show on the video. So you remember when you go in the museum? And so this will be the, the carryover, if you will, to, you know, you start and it's the volcanoes and stuff like the birth of the planet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and then you see how the planet evolved over the years. There's the big thing on the ice age, too, where you get to walk in the glacier there. Yeah. <laughs> which is cool. And then you move on and then there's the dinosaur battle. Remember the ones eating the other one? It's guts are odd all over mm-hmm. the place.
2: That's great, right?
1: So that will be <laughs> cocaine there. Cocaine bearish, it is cocaine bearish. Some various innards are being eaten, but there's the thunder and the lightning, and so it's just a really cool exhibit. So they're going to recreate that. It looked like from the video, it's going to be almost sort of like the scene we're used to seeing. See, I don't know Some if dinosaurs I... are going to be in a fight, and one of them is going to be getting messed up. Did and you then...
2: like seeing all that?
1: What do you mean? Did I like I, knowing it? I or... guess
2: I don't know. I... <laughs> I don't like envisioning or seeing specific renderings of exactly what the museum is going to look like. Well, you want to be surprised in four years? A little bit, yeah. Okay, three years. So, do is, is you it... want to see no renderings? Well, not necessarily I no. Gotta say, I got to I got to have renderings. Of oh, the renderings? whole thing, of all the dioramas. <laughs> I mean, they showed one no. diorama. Here's how it'll look underwater. And they had like the lights going and stuff. Like, do you need to see all of that now? Like, that kind of actually doesn't that take a little bit of the excitement away if you I know what everything s- looks like?
1: I want to snack away over the next couple of years. I want to see a little bit. Yeah, yeah, some snacks. Okay. Just a you thought too, too much room. I
2: don't know, maybe. And I'm sure, obviously, anything they show, there's going to be an enormous amount more of anything, right? Like, a, this isn't yeah. every part of it. Obviously, it's one of the uh, five specific exhibits that they're talking about.
1: The next I one...
2: I don't know if I need to see it. I guess I'd rather, be,
1: I'd rather enjoy it for the first time when I'm there. All right, well, you don't have to look, then. I won't send those any of those emails your way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't send this to Eric. Take him off the list. <laughs> no, please
2: do not so do that. send them right to Vinny. No, no, please do not do that. <laughs>
1: no, I see what you're saying. Like, do you want to you want to walk into the museum in 2026 and just be here? It is. Yeah. Because no matter what they show in terms of renderings and whatever, it's not gonna replace being there, being immersed in the mm-hmm. experience and all that. I'm fine with it. I thought they did a really nice job. I thought it was a slick rollout. People can debate what they think belongs in the museum, and we certainly will because of our emotional attachment to it. I thought it was interesting. We had the president of our company is in town this week, Steve Pullet Senior, and he was just kinda of walking around talking with folks and he's in the newsroom with Eric and me and a couple others. He's like, Oh, what's in the news today? And somebody's mentioning, Oh, we're doing this thing at the museum, Adam, who was out of yeah, the museum. Said, in there, yeah. yeah. And he kind of gave a look back to you and me like, that's big news? Somebody's rolling out of, like, but you must know <laughs> this is Milwaukee where, A, we don't like change, and, B, so many of us have treasured memories at our museum, and this is going to be the new museum, and the old museum is going away, and mm-hmm. so we're really concerned. There's a lot of fundraising going on, too. <laughs> Yes, a $240 million project. So then he's like, oh, all right, I, I see why this is a topic for your shows or this is in the news right because of your attachment but it took a little bit of explaining
2: did you i forgot did you go into detail about how that was your first date you guys were there i did with steve no my wife and i
1: our first yeah. like real date first kiss right there in the i don't know about all that. <laughs> old
2: milwaukee there. building may have been <laughs> some
1: <laughs> kisses before then i don't know so it did happen at the museum Do so you wanna, <laughs> <laughs> No we didn't we didn't make out by the snake button <laughs> <laughs> on the Found a oh back room boy. in the streets of old Milwaukee, yes. and I tell you. <laughs> well done. 845. Thank you for taking it there on Wisconsin's Morning News. 849 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Bring in WTMJ's Steve Scafidi in a bit early this morning because we want to talk about Bruce Springsteen. One final point I wanted to make on the conversation we were having earlier about the Fox stuff And whatever. And folks comparing us or the mainstream media or whatnot to what you're hearing. Here's a promise I'll make to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Maybe you don't like what I have to say. Maybe you don't like my opinion. Maybe you and and I'm again, am I capable of getting information wrong from time to time? Yes. If I'm shown to be wrong, I will inform you of that. But one thing I'll never do, I'm not going to lie to you, not going to make up crap because I think it's what you want to hear. I'm not going to do it for ratings. I'm not going to do it for Whatever. Eric will lie to you. He, he lies a lot. He's <laughs> what a, a lying, a, pro, a prolific yep, liar. Yep. Yes, right.
0: I and I like that. I, I appreciate that because well, not enough. you're not, sure not going to lie to people. I'm not. I'm going to tell you what I think about yeah. something. I'm not going to make stuff up because I think some people want to hear it. I just had an interesting conversation on social media with an individual who disagrees with me completely on a similar subject. Great. At the, at the end of it, I go. I'm not. We're not going to agree on this, but we don't have to hate each other. Yeah. You know. And I'm not going to make stuff up. It's, it's the foolish part of all of that.
1: I'm on a high, guys. Yeah. Agree or disagree? One of the best
0: Springsteen shows ever. Absolutely. Now, my Springsteen history. Lifelong fan. He was the backtrack. Or what do they call it? The, the backtrack of my, uh, soundtrack, yeah, of my soundtrack, life. Yeah, soundtrack of my life. Soundtrack of my life. In high school and college, saw him back then. Alpine Valley. Those those concerts. Um, it was high energy. He played all the hits. His, his encore, which is like seven songs, Thunder Road, Born and Run, Rosalita, Glory Days, Dancing in the Dark. I mean, it's all the hits, and you're on your feet, and you're moving around. There was- I said it was the greatest crowd, greatest hair crowd I've seen ever at a concert. <laughs> I
2: just am surprised at how many people have said, even Piet Levy, who's
0: been to a million shows yes, himself, I read his have piece, have said that that this was the best concert they've ever seen. Unbelievable! And and he's seventy three years old. And my my sister in law Patty was sitting next to me. Goes, look at the arms on this guy. He's like still cut at seventy three. He's wailing. He's jumping around. Now he's not thirty year old Bruce Springsteen who was absolutely insane. But it, it, he just brings it. And I've been to a ton of concerts. I've seen everybody. My The short list of people I haven't seen is like U2 and like maybe one other group. But I've seen the Stones, the McCartney, everybody. And I and I appreciate all their music. But the way he combines his songwriting, his ability to play guitar. He didn't play piano last night, keyboards, but he, he played his guitar. The way he sings. And he did a show last or the night before in Minneapolis. How he maintains his voice is absolutely incredible to me. It was... Easily one of the best nights I've ever had with music, and I'm going to talk about it in nine o'clock hour. It, was, it just was fun to be there, and and kudos to the crowd. Late arriving, by the way, he usually likes to start on time. He didn't start to like twenty minutes late because I don't know what where these people were, but they weren't in their seats.
1: Interesting. How about uh, Fiserv as a venue? Have Loved not it. been to a concert there Loved yet, it. but uh, I know that was one of the things when folks were de- debating an arena for the Bucks, and they said, like, "Look, we're going to do other stuff with this space." We've had some; we've been able to get these blockbuster concerts. You like it? The sound is incredible in there. Now I was talking to
0: some of my seatmates in, in the area around me, and I don't know why how they make this decision, but depending on who you see, the stage is in different places, which I thought was interesting. So I don't know if the artist picks that. Yeah, I you can configure it differently. Yeah, man? and but the sound was I mean, I actually just for fun, I recorded a little bit of "She's the One," and I listened back to it when I got home. It sounds incredible on my smartphone. You know, I'm, and I wasn't that close. I was probably half a football field away.
2: And amazing though, you think about like how many songs that he has sung over and over and over again. Like think about your own job, whatever it might be, and like being able to bring it
0: every day, and here this guy brings it like he's singing it for the very first time. That's what makes him unique. He, he always has that excitement. It's it's the unique thing about Bruce Springsteen. He never loses that. And again, I've, I've followed his career. I haven't seen him in a long time, but it, it was like I had gone back. And I, and I told my wife, I got emotional in some of these songs, man, because Born to Run was like my anthem in high school. It's unbelievable. It's funny you say that. I was thinking about that because uh,
2: Greg played uh, Glory Days earlier. Absolutely. And I was like, man, if I ever heard that live, I'd get
0: chills. Like, just hearing that <laughs> The live, other one, for some right. reason, Backstreets hits me. Yeah. Oh, I it was like, I, I was like, my tears were welling up. I mean, that's what that's it felt awesome. like.
2: That's great, man.
0: It was so fun to be there. And, and again, the crowd was amazing last night. There were some teenagers there. I would love to know what that's they thought. Of, what they thought about it. Now, I did see some, and they were mainly occupied by taking selfies with Bruce in the background. But I mean, that's hey, what teenagers. Exactly right.
1: You got to give them the door. They're going to consume it a little bit differently than we all. Have, it was.
0: Right? It was a night to remember. And like I said, I, I go to a few concerts every year, not a lot. Maybe Summerfest would be the exception. But having seen as many artists as I've seen, absolutely was blown away by the skill and the artistry of Bruce Springsteen. And he and he brought it big time. And he 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 didn't talk a lot. But when he did talk, it was, like, really poignant, really right on target. Interesting.
2: Eight,
0: Fun eight, to be there. 854 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. Eight. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station.
1: 857 on Wisconsin's Morning News on the old National Bank talking text line. Late, arrivi- late arriving crowd, yes, tons of baby boomers who had to use digital tickets. <laughs> fair. i think
0: That's we're fair. all past that by now actually i love digital tickets they, if if you know what you're doing they work fantastic they, now there were so many people there i mean it was a huge crowd and you know just people getting in in and out of any big venue is yeah, going right. to take some time and i don't know if people allowed for that we got there plenty we were in our seats and there was still only like a few thousand people there so easy for us it was a fun night in milwaukee which we need more of those it's it just was a fun night to be part of Milwaukee. He, he he kept yelling, "Milwaukee, are you loose?" And of course, the crowd responded, "Yes, we are." They, you were you were loose. <laughs> I was Good. loose. Well, I I told "Yes, yeah. <laughs> boss. Yes, we are, boss." I had my one sixteen dollars beer. I was plenty loose. I wasn't going to get any looser. than That's that. That's as loose as you can get. I didn't want to part with another sixteen bucks <laughs> at to be that honest. price. Sixteen dollars was
1: more than loose. God bless that Pfizer Forum, Sixteen dollars beers. Mm. You had an interesting question, though. It's hard to debate. Like you know, you say to someone, "What's well, the best show ever?" Well, yeah. Shows are different. Like, one of my favorite shows I ever saw was a small venue in Madison. We went to see Mark Cohn, singer-songwriter. It was New Year's Eve, and you know it was, it was a small venue, and we were up close. Is that the same as when I saw Bon Jovi at Summerfest in yeah. the 90s? No, they're totally, totally different experiences. Both great. Yeah, uh, That's a good point. Right? Pearl Jam, probably, at Wrigley was
2: one
0: of my favorites. That's uh,
1: got to be pretty sweet. Yeah.
0: That, I never saw them, and that, that would have been amazing. There's still time. There's still time, yes. And Bruce's voice was incredible last night. I know he's done a million. He's adding shows. He's scheduled out until the end of this year, early next year. And the thing I didn't realize, he hasn't really been out on tour in a while. Because he was doing a Broadway thing. Yeah, he was sort
1: of residency, if so you will. It's been a while.
0: So, man, he was ready to go. And, and uh, everybody was great. Jake Clemens, nephew of Clarence Clemens, the, the idol, the iconic sax player for the E Street Band. It yeah, was just, it was, it was E f- Street Band, right? Yeah, uh, it was cool. just so much fun. So much fun. And
1: we're going to talk about a 9 o'clock hour. Three more hours of Scafidi next on WTMJ.